Today's podcast is presented by our friends at the Iowa State University Foundation, who are constantly trying to strengthen the Cyclone community. You can support tomorrow's big ideas with a gift today. Be loud, be proud, be a part of the movement, and donate to the college or a department that you are passionate about today. Loyal and forever true, let's all help Move What Matters by visiting MoveWhatMatters.com today. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Williamson Bloom on your Wednesday. We are presented as always by our friends at MechDine and the MechDine Corporation. M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com is where you can find out more about our friends at MechDine. I love promoting great companies. This is a great company. They are based out of beautiful Marshalltown, Iowa, home of the... Um, Great Marshalltown Speedway. I've taken Brent Bloom there before with Chris Glover. I'm still my hearing. Time. My hearing is still questionable. <sighs> you are such a. Eighteen little... months later. You know, it, honestly, Brent, it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> at this point. I don't even know what you are, but it's it's I can't embarrassing. Handle the, I couldn't handle the dirt and the noise. How are you today, my friend? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging out. All, all is all is well. Good. Ready, ready uh, for the ready for the cow pokes on Saturday. I feel you there. Um, I'm excited for this football game. This, despite it all, I, I, I really am. I would like to talk a little bit about Iowa State and the press conference from yesterday and get our thoughts on that, uh, but then spend a lot of time here talking Oklahoma State as I think it's certainly a very winnable football game for the Cyclones. If you're listening to this on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, Williams and Bloom Wednesdays is always on YouTube as well. We are not live this week due to scheduling difficulties, but you can watch what you're listening to. If you prefer to do that on YouTube, just find Cyclone Fanatic on YouTube and and hit the subscribe button. We are, as always, uh, presented by our friends at MechDime. What did you think of Campbell and Shieldhouse and and all that good stuff? I, I, I will say this, Brent, they are either the greatest liars in the world or um, there's not going to be a lot of changes coming up on on Saturday. What do you think? Yeah, and it's just really hard to know because it's like, gosh, I, I would like to take interpretations from what they said on Tuesday, but if I'm just in their shoes, why would I give anybody the inclination? Oh, yeah, we're going to change everything up from you know one Saturday to the next. I don't believe Iowa State is going to do a radical change. However, I just don't. I don't think it's as feasible as it would have been like it was for the, like we talked about all week, the Akron and then Texas game. There was a bye week in there going, dropping alignment as opposed to revamping your whole offensive system is a little bit different. Now I will say, I do think Iowa state will use spread out the field a little bit more depending again, depending on what Oklahoma state gives them. I mean, that's the other thing is you're not, you're, you can't just be you. What is the defense going to give you and, and adjust from there? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, are you are you going to see Iowa State radically change? No, but perhaps you'll see some different guys in there. Um, for one of the true freshmen is pushing on the offensive line, which is good. And Brendan Black, maybe you'll see him a little bit. Uh, Andrew Keller supposedly back healthy at a tight end position. Uh, we'll see if Steve Oklotz is healthy. So you can't. I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't. I don't know if I would take a whole lot from from what either said. Chris, one thing I did want to say, though, is was interesting, and I would love, love, to get it, love to get into this at some point. Iowa State, in through three games, has run under 50 plays twice. 
in those three games. Iowa mm. State had not run under 50 plays in a game since the early 1990s. So the lack of plays in general, due to whatever reason, the other team sucking the ball, like we've talked about, the new clock rules, has impacted everything as well. So, yes, the offense has been horrible, but the lack of plays and the three and outs is contributing to make it feel even worse than it may actually be. So I could I can see a situation where the coaches say, you know what, and Gundy said the same thing this week, they're not major issues is what Gundy said. I, I mean, for Iowa State, I think the run blocking is a major issue. Mm-hmm, Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but I – I think there is still. I, th- I believe this offense still has an ability to move the football. I just think they have to be a little bit more aggressive with Rocco early in the game. Let me give you some numbers that could potentially back that up. We'll see. Oklahoma State in its blowout loss to South Alabama gave up 243 rushing yards. Yeah. In its three games this year, Oklahoma State ranks 128th in this interesting statistic. Opponents are running the ball 62% of the time against the Cowboys. They are giving up 4.4 yards per rush. Um, So this is a bad rush defense by any metric that Iowa State is getting ready to go up against on Saturday. You've really considerably worse than Ohio. Considerably uh, worse. If if you're going by numbers. So, I mean, this is an opportunity. Uh, But I I would also say if you can't run on these guys, then – Good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, you know, and so I was doing some digging this week because the Oklahoma State game got my antennas up. Did you know, remember 2018? Of course you remember 2018. Iowa State started the year, C-Dub, 1-3. and Losses at Iowa to Oklahoma at home at TCU. Sort of 1-3 and going into Stillwater, and everyone thought the world was falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a Kyle Kemp injury in there. Zeb Nolan was the quarterback at the time. And Iowa State's yards per play through four games, okay, follow me here, was 4.7 yards per play. Iowa State's yards per play right now is 5.1 yards per play. It was worse five years ago in through four games than it is now mm-hmm. through three. What happened at Oklahoma State in Stillwater in 2018? Brock Purdy. Had. That was the Brock Purdy game. This is the Brock Purdy game. Iowa State doesn't have Brock Purdy walking through the door, as the old saying goes. However, mm-hmm. it had struggled immensely through those first four games to move the ball at all, and Purdy made things a lot better once he started to make some plays from the quarterback spot. I mean, even David Montgomery couldn't run the ball uh, through those first four. So Iowa State then went on to reel off seven of its last eight games and was actually a threat at one point to compete for the Big 12 championship. I don't know if this team is as talented as that one from an offensive standpoint. However, Iowa State has notoriously, other than last year, bizarrely, has been a slow offensive starter. They just haven't done great early in the season. This staff in 2018, if you remember, that was the year Tom Manning left for a year. Mm -hmm. And it was basically Matt Campbell calling the plays that year, which they've never really admitted, but it was. So they have been known to make adjustments. And that was a major adjustment by throwing Brock Purdy in there. I will see. I mean, I don't think Rocco has been the issue. We've talked about that, but maybe you do see them open it up. However, I would also look at the Oklahoma state numbers and go, gosh, guys, if their weakness is running the ball, run the run defense, then you got to try and run the ball. Even if the fans don't like it early. Yeah. Quarterback run. I mean, wasn't that the, wasn't that our thing last year too? 
Yeah. Like, I, did I, we talk, it, it, you felt like whenever Deckers would tuck it away and try and do something with his legs, it opened up everything else, but he just didn't do it very often. And, you know, it was like, is this a, is he being coached? Is he just gun shy when it comes to that? I feel like Rocco is a little bit of a different breed and, and not, I, I think that he more naturally wants to use his legs just yeah. by watching him when he's playing naturally, you know, in the last, when they're allowing him to go out and do things, it feels like he's, he's ready to do that. So potentially that's one of the tweaks that we see on Saturday. Yeah. I just think you got to get more freedom in general and just like he, whatever the fourth quarter. And again, Ohio went to more of a base, but man, he was, he was really good. I mean, he was making plays, guys were getting open and he was making things happen. I would say doubled its yardage in one quarter. Um, So yeah, that's one tweak that I think you make is you say, you still need to run the ball, but you let Rocco, you let Rocco sling a little bit. And then I would just advise, you know, I'm looking at the play situation again, two times under 50 plays in three games is crazy. Having a little more urgency when some hurry up stuff would be another thing I would look at just to try and get your offense more rhythm. Because right now I've said he doesn't even get in the numbers to get a rhythm at all. Um, and so it's almost like, Oh my gosh, it's already the third quarter. We haven't done anything. And then panic starts to set in. So having some urgency, getting to the line a little bit sooner, getting that, that, that process in a little quicker, I think could help as well. I want to give a shout out to our friend Hope Wood. Listen to this. She is at her 10 year anniversary party bloom is coming up tomorrow. So if you're listening on Wednesday, that's tomorrow, Thursday, September the 21st at the Windsor Heights community center. She's going to have balloon animals. Yeah. She's going to have a magician. We need to take the kids down there to Hope's to Hope's party from four to seven again at the Windsor Heights Community Center. She can make you a will in a day. While you're getting balloon animals. <laughs> there you go. Talk to her about getting a uh, getting your will. Uh, that's her anniversary party. That's coming up on Thursday. They'll have walking tacos and drinks available as well from four to seven. Uh, we thank Hopewood for all of her support of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast network over the years. And also her husband, uh, Jeff Wood, who owns Gravitate Coworking. You can check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. Don't waste another second working from home if you don't want to anymore. If you're bored stiff, if you're having productivity issues, go to gravitatecoworking.com or maybe talk to your boss about it. Maybe you get a get a deal where they can pay for part of your spot to, to go there and you know, be able to have human interaction, all that good stuff. Gravitatecoworking.com. They got spots all over the Des Moines Metro. A couple other statistics for you with Oklahoma State. Yeah. They're going to have a hard time scoring on Iowa State, I think. Um, they are averaging 3.5 yards per rush. And this is the most perplexing stat I've, I've seen of a Mike Gundy team in my entire career of covering this man. 4.6 yards per pass. Yikes. Ranks 127th nationally. This bloom and the point spread is the same, but th- this is a more winnable game than Ohio was. That sounds really weird. Um, but you, you know, you were going on the road there. What was the headline of this Wednesday pod last week? The most terrifying game we had seen. I, I don't remember what I headlined it, but. Like, I know fans are down on the team right now. I get it. I'm not trying to talk you out of any of your feelings. I'm telling you, and I've been fading Gundy for a while. If you've listened to our podcast, 
this team, he's still playing three quarterbacks. Uh, I was reading Barry Trammell, his uh, analysis on this the other day, and he's covered Gundy since day one. And and Barry's take was, you know, frankly, I, I don't know if Mike has the answer at this point. That they're a total mess. Like you think Iowa State feels bad about its program right now? Iowa State fans. I mean, Oklahoma State is in the same spot. Well, and then to make matters worse, one, they can't run at C-Dub, and, and, and secondly, they have not been able to protect the quarterback either, which that's where that's where the yards per attempt comes in, is they can't they can't protect any of the three. It doesn't matter who you have back there. If you can't – I think South Alabama had like five sacks on those guys. So yeah. they've been easier to defend than, than ever before in the Oklahoma – and they weren't even good last year on offense. And they've got the same situation. He said on Monday that it's again it's not major issues for them, but shoot, man, this will be this is a quite a fascinating game if you consider where these two programs were two years ago in Ames. It was a top twenty matchup in Ames, one of the more physical, hard hitting, exciting games I've ever seen at Jack Trice Stadium. That was the one where Xavier Hutchinson scored and that got called for the mini high step. Yeah, and I thought the, oh, yeah. the stadium was going to explode. That was the then, worst. Luckily, I was went down and scored after yeah, that. Anyway, but like, that was so bad. That, that was the worst. That was the worst flag I've ever seen in my life. Yes, I still it's still the worst. I thought I thought Walters and Heft were gonna like zip line <laughs> down to murder the official. Uh, they're nice people. Um, no, but think so. Yeah, both programs have had a similar have similar fall off, and it really starts on offense both defenses have been about normal for each but they just they can't do much on offense at all and so it's a it's a fascinating game again and i think you know if you're iowa state you don't want to panic and that's where i get like where where nate and matt were saying we're not panicking here because you get on the board against oklahoma state you're one and oh in the big 12 and you're feeling okay you're not feeling great but you're feeling okay and so i'm I'm anxious to see what the guys have on saturday also want to uh Two things. One, encourage everybody to go listen to our new podcast this year, Kicking It, with with Grant Mahoney, a former Iowa State kicker, and then, of course, Jeff Woody is the host of that. Um, I, I I might owe Chase Contreras an apology <laughs> after – I, I, I was do. very. It was interesting their their commentary on that one. Yeah, I was. I very do intrigued. and I don't. I owe him that because I keep saying you gotta have you gotta make kicks right. Like you have to be able to make field goals, and that comes off on the kicker, no doubt. The reality of this is that there's been operations issues in the entire kicking game that stem from the snapper. Uh, feels like the holder's been okay, and then. Contreras just barely missing these things, but just really, really fantastic analysis. I thought from Jeff and specifically Grant on Iowa State's kicking game, and um, basically pointing out in, in the first three weeks they've had three not clean exchanges, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So if I was too hard on Contreras, I I do apologize, but. Nonetheless, you've still got to be able to make kicks is my point. And that is an operation that is much more obviously than just the kicker. But yeah. I don't yeah. know, Brent, like I'm not going to lay off of this though. Cause again, like I, I think Iowa state's going to make changes. I, I truly do. I don't think Matt and that staff leaves this Ohio deal and buries their head in the sand. I just don't No, They won't. 
they're not going to talk about it on Tuesday. I think you're going to see smaller changes just keep being implemented. And I think, and I'm, I'm hoping this is me being optimistic that in early November, we're going to be like, man, this team is really on a good path and we're all excited for the next two years. That is my goal. That is my optimistic approach. But until then, you know, until you get to that point where like the whole margin of victory thing is going to be so small, even in uh, the rough start, Iowa State's point spreads are going to be one possession in most of these games. Correct. They got to get the kicking thing figured out. And I, I wanted to give those guys a plug because I thought that analysis they gave earlier this week was second to none. It made me have a whole different appreciation for what's going on. I didn't even think about the responsibility for the snapper and the holder at all until I really listened to that conversation. I was like, holy crap, they're probably right. Like, yeah, they good good analogy about you know if you think about if you're if your golf tee was three inches one way or another, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hit that ball pretty poorly. Great, and it was having, great. Having seen you play golf, so you, know, you hit it poorly anyway. So I can't even imagine what it do to what your are golf you game. Always uh, coming at my golf game for. <laughs> I don't understand this. Like, it's like your just cheap joke that you just throw at me. Uh, at least I'm not picking on your hair. So I mean, it just, there's that. Um, what hair? <laughs> but I just, yeah, it was, you got to be better there. I, but I, I think this is fascinating because, again, you look at this game and you go, wait a second. Couldn't the old school style work on Saturday? You know, like you can run the ball in Oklahoma State. You, you, if you keep them away from the ball, I mean, you could win this game 17 to 10. Now, that would terrify every Iowa State fan because they don't want to see another game like that. And no. neither do I. But I, I just think it's super fascinating when you're dealing with this Iowa State offense that, that has had a, a lot of inexperience. What, how aggressive do you want to get? And I think they're going to get more aggressive, but the, the game will dictate a lot of it, too. I just Matt's comfort zone is still in keeping it within his his comfortable box here. I don't think Iowa State's going to stray too far from that, but I do you believe don't think, they're going to think we're going to have the air raid sirens I, out? I, I don't. I, I just don't. I, um, but, yeah, can you play Bramer more? Maybe play Daniel Jackson more? Jalen Noel help if he's back, by the way? Kind of he is him. back. They, yeah. it, Matt did say he's fully back from the flu and all that stuff. But the update I like your, on that – I like your idea of here's the thing. The, my opt again, maybe I'm too optimistic. Sama and Hansen are going to get much better. Bramer is going to get a lot better as the year goes on, and Higgins is going to get better. So I'm with you. I'm hoping when we get to November, you'll say, "Man, okay, growing pains for sure." But you can kind of see the the path forward. And who else is going to get better? C Dub, Nate Shieldhouse. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you, you've that guy is as sharp of guy as there is. He's calling plays for the first time. You're just naturally you're naturally going to get better as the games go by. I was actually texting with one of our guys from Kelderman Manufacturing, Mark. I'm just going to give them their shout-out right now. Kelderman.com, all the farmers get out there uh, with, with harvest coming up. Remember our friends at Kelderman for all of your your needs. They are uh, right out of Oski, Oskaloosa, so right here in central Iowa, great locally-owned company. Uh, the down corn reel is their specialty uh, but they do all sorts of great agriculture products where they can help you guys. If stuff breaks down, go to Kelderman.com, check it out more. I was texting with Mark earlier this week and he he's like, what do you really think that is going to happen? And, and that's what I told him. I go, I don't think this is going to get fixed overnight. Nope. I think there's some rough weeks ahead, but I think in late October, which is also a trend to even good Campbell teams, by the way, Correct. not that's just exactly why I brought up that Oklahoma state 
game yeah. from five years like, ago. I mean, I, Iowa State's best teams have struggled in September historically under Campbell. So, like, what I remember October, right? <laughs> like, when everything kind of picks up at that time of year. So, this isn't entirely new. It's just you're playing with all these freshmen. You're playing with – you're having to break in a new quarterback for the second year in a row. You're breaking in running backs. Your offensive line clearly needs progress, right? Yes. Like, there's no excuse – like, there's – veteran guys who have, it'll boy it'll help to get Rimsburg back we'll leave, yep. leave it at that like that's going to be a huge spot at that tackle position I th- my hope I don't want to say I think I, I do think because I have faith in Campbell like I, I think he's a great coach I think this is a good staff I think anybody judging Ryan Clanton on three games you're out of your mind okay like that, that it's ridiculous uh, I think in November we're all going to look around and be like, man, yeah, they're making progress. Maybe they're going to win four games again. I don't know. I'm not going to make any prognostications on that, but that's my goal for this program the rest of the year. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. You're going to be in a lot of one-possession games spread-wise. So would you be shocked, C-Dub, if Iowa State wins five games in the Big 12? No, it wouldn't shock me at all. And In fact, um, it would surprise me. I would think I'd be surprised at this point just for would, the results so far. It would surprise me because of the offensive just totally inept, like an inability to run the football. Um, but it wouldn't shock me because of the defense. Like the defense is still that good. It's still that good. And right. there's still even a lot of guys on that defense that haven't played much. They should get better. In yeah, theory. Hopefully you get, get Gary Vaughn back. You uh, haven't had him. You know, you look at the a lot of these guys playing at linebacker have been brand new, brand new. Yep. I mean, the the secondary is what it is, but you know, Orange and Onyetum have really this is their first time being the guys. Yep. Same with Joey Peterson hasn't played a lot. Yeah, that's so one I, thing. To, one thing I'm looking at Saturday, Chris, that I think could really help. And defense has been great. They just haven't gotten a lot of pressure though. Um, so that's one correct. thing I'm looking for. Yeah, Oklahoma State's given up a lot of pressures. Do you think three that games. Haycock will be aggressive with these three quarterbacks? And, you know, do you think he'll just go at them or do you think he'll fill them out? I think you fill them out again. I mean, because South Alabama was able to get pressure by just running around them. Um, so, yeah. They're we'll good, think, though. Honestly, like South Alabama would probably have beaten Iowa State last week. So I'm not no going to get too. No, there's no question. But I think yeah. that's you, you, you feel them out. And, but yeah, you, you, you go after these guys because that line has struggled. Um, and if you can stop the run, then you, you just got to get aggressive. The defense was great against Ohio, but honestly, the defense is going to have to make a couple more plays. Like you, you, you got to get more aggressive there, too. Well, that's what I've said. Like when you when people try and compare this to Iowa, it's it's not Iowa scores on defense and special teams. Like in, and Iowa State just, just hasn't been. That's the one untalked about thing, though. We, we talk about the field goals. The rest of the special teams has been really good. Yeah, Perkins which has will, been awesome. Which will pay dividends in these close games in the Big 12. Like I, I don't think we've probably talked enough about that because of everything else going on, but it's been really, really good. They've cleaned up a lot of that stuff. Totally agree. Totally agree. And then, on, and then the other part that's been better, better, not great, better, the penalty situation has been cleaned up quite a bit, you know, in regards to the false starts and some of those things as well. Now, there's been a couple of them, a couple painful ones in the Ohio game, but it does seem like some of those 
dis- discipline is the wrong word, but s- those meticulous process driven things have gotten a little bit better. And, you know, Jordan Langs has been a positive with the special teams mostly, but the field goal is the most glaring. And, and until that gets fixed, then you don't really notice the other stuff. Okay. Let's get into just quickly run through these big 12 games this week. Williams and Bloom on your Wednesday on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Mechdyne. We are in the Wild Rose Casino Studios. I'm here in Ankeny today. Bloom is remote. And uh, we are presented, as always, by our friends at Cody Rowe. We got the new bourbon out. Yeah. The new 2023 edition. It is in a gold bottle. It is beautiful. I actually really impressed by the way it looks i hate gold i would do away with gold as a school color if it were up to me i just hate it i hate it on every uniform it's not just an iowa state thing the gold bottle is sick it looks perfect with that bourbon in the background so look for that make me me thirsty well it's also it's uh iowa's cream season baby Ooh, yeah it's uh cream liqueur season i have that bottle of the amaretto that i'm gonna take unbelievably good. yeah i'm gonna take that up there on it the weather does not look great that's another aspect of this i'm game. looking right now eh, it's okay it's okay right now did they change it did they move yep. it because last i saw it was like 80 percent chance of storms on saturday nope it's the storms will come later in the evening so i think the game will get done now you're gonna deal with some wind wind will be a factor on saturday great then we can show off that new running game we're we're <laughs> gusts of 30 35 buddy Old school. Trice. Chase Contreras, 70-yard field goal. Calling it now. <laughs> we got some south winds, too. Oh, my goodness. This will be interesting. But, yeah, rain's supposedly going to hold off until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. Good. That's that's a big improvement from the last one I saw. But it will be windy. I thought we were looking at a washout. Nope. Really quick question for you. So, I bought me a new flagpole. Yeah. With my camper, you know? Yeah. Would it be like a cool nod to podcast listeners, or would it just be gaudy if I flew a two-lane flag under my Cyclone Fanatic flag? Hmm. I'm a Green Wave guy. I know what can you I are. Say? We, I mean, we cover the Green Wave extensively on this podcast. I bought one from our friends at Heartland Flags I, last year. I have not, the two-lane. I have a flag. They're not in the conference. I, I'm going to allow it. I'm going to Iowa lie. guy. Troy Dannon is the athletics director there. He's my buddy. You're I like Fritz. him a lot. You like Willie Fritz. I'm a huge Willie Fritz guy. Elite head coach. Elite. Everybody's talking about prime. Why isn't people talked about Willie Fritz over all these years and what he's done down there in New Orleans? Somebody get the guy a sunglass deal. <laughs> Come on. That sounds Figure like something out. you'd be able to pull off. That's yeah. like your thing. <laughs> Go and go and do that. All right. Yeah, to do it. No, I'm I'm pro two. We're a pro right. two lane I'm, podcast. I'm going to fly the two lane flag yeah. coming up on on Saturday. We'll be underneath the the cyclone fanatic one. Don't worry. Uh, I'll have we, I'll have a names logger flag this week. I think. Oh wow! There well, you if you give me one of those, I'd fly that and give you some right, free advertising. Thank you, thank you, pal. Oklahoma at Cincinnati, the yeah. Big Twelve opener for Cincinnati that we don't really know what they are, but they are uh man, their tickets are on fire. You can't get into this game for under a hundred bucks. I don't even know what the spread is. I would blindly play Cincinnati. Yeah. I, you know, Oklahoma is in Oklahoma to their credit is as 
good against the run as it has been in the last decade. Now, is that their opponents, or has Venables finally started to impart some of that defensive coordinator wisdom on that program? That'll determine a lot. I mean, this is a big game for Oklahoma because uh, the Red Red River rivalry is right around the corner. I would say it's the sandwich game in there, by the way, which is which is fine. I like that spot. Yeah, um, no doubt. But, but we'll uh, we're going to learn a lot about both teams. I, I'm very interested in that game all the way around. Me too. SMU is at TCU. I'm still we're still feeling out TCU at this point. This is a great test for them. This is always a crazy game in in that rivalry. Interesting one in Lawrence. BYU at Kansas. I'm I'm still like. I'm still not sold even after that win at Arkansas that BYU is like, like Hassel was texting me. Oh, they're one of the best two teams in the conference. I'm like, no, they're not. Like, I just, I can't, I can't see it. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like Kansas just was totally asleep at that Nevada game last week. I don't know. I kind of like Kansas to stretch their legs a little bit against this team. Do you have a feel on either of those, those games? Not, not really. Again, I'm fascinated by this whole week. Cause I don't know what to think of most of these programs still. I don't have a good read. I know Texas is talented and that's about it. And I know Iowa state and Oklahoma state's offense has struggled. Like those are my conclusions. The, what I would say about is interesting for Kansas is they finally sold out their stadium for this game. So oh, cool. That's, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's them. one. That's one of those deals. It's like, they've invested heavily into the football program and into NIL and into all of the things. And you could argue it's starting to pay off for them. So they're an interesting case study of what new investment and what spending can do to bolster the entire athletic program. So for them, the fan base is starting to come out. Like it's been a process, but they're starting to turn the corner of Lawrence. They've got that new expansion planned. Um, But BYU could really rain on that parade with a win, and that would put a damper on the, the the KU hype. Another interesting one is Texas Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia coming off that win in the backyard brawl. I'm I'll, I'll fade them here. I, I just yeah. Texas Tech is better than their record would indicate, and I mean West Virginia's quarterback is questionable. Uh, I like Texas Tech to go in there and beat them on the road. Well, I think Tech can score, and I just don't trust West Virginia to score enough points. Uh, another super fascinating game. I think West Virginia has defenses good enough to, to keep it interesting, but I'll, I'll take the, the known commodity, and that's the Tech offense there. Then you have Texas at Baylor, which is the ABC game on on Saturday night. Clearly wanting to get the, the Longhorns on there. I don't trust either of these teams uh, yet. Feels like Texas may have woken up last week in the second half against Wyoming. UCF is at Kansas State. Is this the most interesting game in the league? It, it, it's either this, this or Cincinnati. Well, or Iowa State, Oklahoma State. I mean, there's yeah, there's I mean, a lot of them. That one is yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it might be because this is a big test. Like this is a UCF. Are you ready to play? Type of situation. K State's as physical as it gets. They're gonna want to just pound the ball at UCF and can UCF handle it? That's the biggest question. You know, they have the speed, you know, they have the athletes, but can UCF sustain in this conference when it gets physical? And um, I don't think so. I, I really like K state here coming off a of loss to Missouri. I think Kleiman's a good, good coach when it comes to bouncing back that that place is going to be rocking. I think UCF might be entering a buzzsaw on Saturday. Uh, it's probably a pretty good read. 
right there. Fade these teams that are hot. That are and, new. Yeah. Yeah. They have, I mean, this is, sorry, going, going to Temple and going to Manhattan, Kansas are two separate entities here. Yeah. Especially once you get, you know, four or five weeks into the season and you're at a different level of grind. Although I will say this, I think UCF is at a level that the others aren't as far as depth in their program, though, because he's Malzahn's been treating them like an SEC program for a while. Yep. Yep. I, I think, again, that's another, I, it's so many good games this weekend. So many. Yeah. It's one of those weekends where I kind of wish Iowa state was on the road. <laughs> right. Cause I could just camp out in my basement and still do all my work. And st- cause I get to do my Learfield show. I have remotely now. You man, technology. You're just, yeah. man, it's great. You, you should have more time to work on your golf game then. <laughs> See, like, I'm unlike you. Like, I don't golf in my free time. <laughs> it's five hours. It's expensive. It's frustrating. Why would you, I do that to myself? You'd rather watch Home Improvement. I've been on this Home Improvement kick with my daughter, my eight-year-old. Yeah. We like to watch 90 shows together, and her and her mom just got done with Full House. They watched the whole series, and I told her, okay, now you're going to watch the greatest sitcom of all time. It might be. I'm not going to argue with it. I, you, some, some of your takes are questionable when it comes to TV and movies. That might be a good take. We were uh, we watched the one last night. It was the second episode. We we started on number one and we we're plowing through them. And it was the one where his wife, Tim Tim Taylor's wife, wanted to do a romantic night out, and the Lions were playing in a big game, <laughs> and. They're at this like fancy restaurant and he has the headpiece. Like he's listening to the game on the radio and he's trying to hide it from her. Oh my God. It's just great, great humor. I love that show. So 90s, much. simpler time back. More power. <laughs> my daughter Elise is walking around the house going, uh? it's so great. Just brainwashing you, these kids. Do you realize how much money? they made towards the tail end of that like per episode no it it was like astronomical numbers both tim taylor and that wife i don't even know what her name was what about that um the middle son like he was the jonathan he was like a sex symbol for like teenage girls he was yeah so here you go i I, because i pulled this up because i was again i I'm, i'm a nerd yeah in in 99 tim allen turned down 50 million dollars to film a ninth season of home improvement. What a bad decision. <laughs> and she turned down 25 million. And, and that, then that amount in with inflation, C dub, that amount would be around $83 million in today's dollars. What terrible does like their agents need to be fired. How hard immediately. Was, what is Tim Taylor going to do or whatever his name was? Tim Allen, Tim Allen. Well, and then he came back in 2011 or whatever. And he yeah. made that show where he had the three daughters. It was like the opposite. Horrible. It was horrible. Oh, no. We watched every episode. Of course you did. Last man standing, bro. (laughs) Tim Allen is the great comedian of our time. You know, so as much as we rip on college coaches' salaries and you're making $10, $15 million, Tim the Tool Man Taylor was pulling in 50 mil in 99. Incredible. Turned it down. Wow. That was more than Michael Jordan was making then. Yeah. Way more. I think his max like one year deal was like twenty five million, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. 
I'm like a Jordan historian. I've read all these. Like, I'm pretty sure that was the most he ever made. That's what I mean. Back in the day, sitcoms were it. Like those guys were pulling down major, major money. It's it's crazy how much that's changed. Totally. Like the sitcom is just doesn't Gone. really exist anymore. They try and do them there. on Netflix and they never last. No. That's like why Ted we're Lass- watching them back now. Ted Lasso would be the closest thing to a sitcom, and even that's doesn't even know what it quite what it's doing it's, yet. It's more like the sitcom, like it's pretty rare like that it goes episode to episode where you have to watch one to understand the other. There's not a lot of storytelling in it. Like there is in the 23 minutes, but there's not yeah. at least those yep. old ones. Like I was trying to up. explain to my daughter. I'm like, we, we could start like the fifth season of Seinfeld and it would make total sense to you compared to like, you don't have to start at the beginning and watch them all. And the same with those, but like Ted Lasso, if you did that, I'm going to start so in season three. You wouldn't yeah, know. So Let's go. Who is this guy? Yeah. No, you're right. So this uh this episode is brought to you by Tim the Toolman Taylor. Uh-huh. <laughs> Appreciate you, Bloomy. Been a tough week. <laughs> we'll hang it. Hey, we'll see. We'll have some uh we'll have some Cody Rhodes. We'll have some Ames loggers in the RV village. Please stop keep, by everybody. Keep fighting the good fight, everyone. We're gonna, we're gonna keep fighting. There we go. So we love you all. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Thanks for listening on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.